Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've got an awesome topic today with our very own Ed Sanderson. He's our guest and host. Double role today, so that means Capri and I get to put him in the hot seat. But for those of you that don't, don't know, Ed is truly a passionate expert in this space of helping our young adults, especially the, through the college admissions program. So today, we're discussing what to do in this in-between time right now. We're calling this What to Do When Nothing's Happening but No Man's Land is really the title. So welcome to the episode of No Man's Land and what better person to do this but our own No Man, Ed Sanderson. Ed Capri, great to have you. (laughs) That was cute. I like that. Yeah, No Man's Land. It's it's the most irritating time between finalizing uh, applications You've done your admission stuff, you've done your financial aid applications, and then it goes quiet. And this is, while we're recording this, this is like mid-February. And for some folks, this has already been going on for a few weeks. And so uh, I want to just let everybody just take a deep breath. This is just part of the process. Now, if I was a jaded person, and I've done this for almost 20 years, so I get a little jaded. I think it's all part of the college and university's master plan to jockey for position and mm-hmm. try to get the kids excited early if they let them know early or to wait to the last minute so that you finally get that one you've been waiting for. You're like, I want to go there. So <laughs> you got to be calm. You got to be cool. You got to be collected. It is all, all going to happen and it's all going to happen pretty soon so some admissions have already come in and i got to tell you the hardest part is when a student or a mom or dad texts me or calls me and goes my neighbor down the street has heard from everybody and they're getting in and they got a million dollars in scholarships and they got a (laughs) porsche and they got a townhouse on the beach no they didn't they're lying they didn't get all that stuff so i kind of want to go through what you should expect And I feel kind of good about this conversation because I have two other experts with me, one who went through it as a student, one who went through it as a parent, so we can talk and share Mm -hmm. stories, good, bad, crying, laughing, jumping up and down, (laughs) joy, all that good stuff. So we're going to have a little bit of fun with this, but there are some things while you're waiting that you probably should do. Um... I don't know, Capri, you went through it. You what a couple things that you might recommend to a fellow student who's waiting to hear from their dream school? This is this was so I was in the so I obviously I ended up at Purdue. If you've been listening, you know that I love my school so much. But at the time when I was in this no man's land, Purdue was one of the first schools that I heard back from that I actually like genuinely was excited to go to. So by the time I got accepted at Purdue is Purdue or Boston College. And I thought Boston College was the school for me. And they didn't end up releasing it until like, I don't know, I want to say like 
early April. So I was like waiting for a really long time to see if I had gotten into a place that I like have my heart set on, like all of high school. So definitely very anxious. But I think honestly, the biggest piece of advice is just know that like you will end up at the place that's meant for you. And a no somewhere doesn't mean a no everywhere. It means that there's another opportunity that will be better for you. And I think we're going to talk more about this later, but like, if that is really truly the place you want to go and you want to end up with, end up at, like there's lots of other ways that you can get there that don't, like the door is not completely shut when you hear one now. And so be patient and just know that it will all work out. That's my biggest advice. Capri, how is it for you to have this conversation now? Because we <laughs> a year ago we were talking about this, right? Um, how is it for yeah, you? Does that feel like it was wild. a lifetime ago? Or does this like give you PTSD as you think back to what no. this no man's land time was okay. 12 months ago? So when I think about like college applications and as a whole, I'm like, oh my God, I never want to do that ever again. Like that was <laughs> one of like the most stressful parts of senior year. Like that was the only stressor of senior year, truly. Um, like that. October to December that was miserable most stressful period of my life but this like no man's land period it was just kind of like emotionally taxing but it feels like ages ago wow yeah it actually feels like forever ago I don't know my mom always says that you do a lot of living in a short amount of time so I've been doing a lot of living lately and I think that makes the time seem like there's just like so much that's gone on in such a short amount of time what would you tell yourself now if you could look back and advise yourself 12 months ago, knowing what you know now? Um, I mean, probably what I said a couple minutes earlier, just take a breath and know that you'll end up where you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. You put in the work, you put in the hours, like you did all the pre-work, just let it just ride the wave and you'll get to where you're going. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic advice. So mm-hmm. Amy, <laughs> as a mom, you went through it. What was it like from a parent's perspective? Holy cow, that was a roller coaster. I'm still I'm still coming off the shock therapy from going through all that. Like Capri, I'm so glad that it is it is done because I hadn't experienced all of that before. So trying to navigate and stay calm with her and for her was also a big deal. Our daughter had put in for the UCs. And so there was different acceptance coming in and on her case wait lists coming in and the school that she wanted was waitlisted and so she had some big decisions to make is this worth it am i going to accept something that i really don't want and and to go to a school that i don't want to go that far away they they maybe have the programs but it's not the same and she was wrenching as she watched her friends getting accepted and seeing the different dynamics taking place and she decided to say to bet on herself, basically, that like Capri was just saying, no, this is the school I really want. And if I need to go to a local two-year university or maybe the the four-year university that's close by that was her backup school, if she needed to do that and then transfer, that that was the way she was going to go. But there was a lot of emotions involved. It was a painful decision. When she said no to Santa Barbara and Santa Cruz and Davis, she was crying as she clicked that decline button going, what have I just done? I mean, she took a bold risk, but she gambled on herself, realizing what her long-term goals are, not what this immediate need was of just saying, yay, I did too, because everybody has that excitement. She had to get past that need for the instant gratification and look at the long-term goals. And at the end of the day, she was accepted 
the, the last day of May. We're talking a week before graduation. Awards nights has already taken place. Announcement day on the campus had already happened. And she received that acceptance. And it was a moment that I can't even put words in to describe. So I'm going to play a quick clip for you to see what that was like. So awesome. <laughs> You're going to like it there. How'd you find out? I checked my emails. I had a suspicion in my gut. I was like, I should open my emails. And I did. And then I saw like your UCSD portal has been updated. And the people that got rejected got just an email that said you've been So the people are getting rejected right now that are on the wait list? Uh, Is that where you wanted to go? Yeah. She was on the wait list for UCLA, but we wanted her to go to UC San Diego. I did it. Yay. Oh boy! Congratulations! Paid <laughs> she, she declined Santa Barbara and Davis. That's all right. She, she got held she, in there. She's she like, no. No, and that, she and, you know, she rolled the she, dice. Oh my god! She said, "I'm gonna decline Santa Barbara and I'm gonna decline Davis." That's where they belong. We were just. Well, it sounded like it looked like everybody was enjoying that announcement. Oh yeah, that was my ugly cry. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but to, to, to quote Carrie Underwood, I can't cry pretty. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's an interesting point in that, um, that I, I don't want to pass over. Amy, you said that you got that, uh, off the wait list the last week of May. Yes. Um, just for you parents who are about ready to go through it or going through it, you have to make a decision May 1st. So mm-hmm. Lisa to say no, to schools not even knowing that this is coming that's a lot of courage to do that so much courage and then for some folks they have to pick a school by may 1st and then they get notified that they're off the wait list and there's a whole nother emotional i like your term gut-wrenching decision that has to be made so i've said this uh before and it's worth repeating because a lot of you probably haven't heard it it's like you got you got to kind of try to pull as much of that emotion as possible i know that's really challenging to do because this is kind of hitting the pinnacle or the peak of the mountain that you've been climbing as a family for the better part of 16 17 or 18 years and you got to make a decision but i always say try to take the emotion out of that conversation by prioritizing that list before you hear because now you can do that with a clear head not to say that it might change because it will. I mean, you could hear for school says, no, that might change the trajectory of your list. You might hear from a school that says yes, and then they give you a bunch of money, but that wasn't your first choice. But now economics start to play a role. But it's try to take that emotion out of that conversation for as much as possible. I know it's the celebration is all part of it. And I love what Capri said. You're going to get in somewhere and we will have another episode. I think this is a good idea about what do you do? Plan B like transfer mm-hmm. or, you know, Capri's got a friend that we're going to interview. I think here soon that went through that yeah. process. Um, do you go to a community college or a junior college? Do you go to a state school and then try to transfer. There's a lot of avenues to go. So you're not locked and loaded. What we want you to do is think of it as, Hey, the dream can always be achieved. The road you travel to get there just might be a little bit different and sometimes not expected. But this goes back to a conversation that Capri and I had when we were working together, which is you got to prioritize those lists based on reach, you know, competitive, 
kind of the, I know I'm going to get in here based on academics and that's plan A, plan B, plan C. And then what's plan D? Mm -hmm. If none of those options look good on paper, what are you going to do then? And to have that laid out before you get the emotional highs and lows is is really important. Mm -hmm. Like emotion just changes so much. And if you have like a set plan, you can do it as more objective and just be like, oh, this is a checklist. Like this is how it's going. And Mm -hmm. of course you're going to have to make tough decisions. And something that like stuck with me is like, even though you're making a tough decision, it doesn't mean you're making a bad decision. Like tough doesn't equal bad. And I think that those are something to like remember here and it's like okay I have to make a tough decision between a school I really want to go to and a school I want to go to maybe not as much but financially it's better for me physically like the location of it is better for me and it's all about pros and cons but if you can Mm -hmm. do it from a more objective like this is what it what there is and this is what there isn't it becomes a lot easier yeah I completely agree with that um and share your Share your thoughts with us on senioritis. This is that time of year. We all know the term senioritis. What's taking place in the minds of a lot of our seniors right now in this phase? And what do you advise so that there isn't a consequence as they're waiting for these uh, acceptance to come in? Well, Caprice said something that resonated with me on this subject a little earlier about the emotional fatigue that comes through the process. And sometimes you have this letdown, which is the applications are done, financial aid is done, I'm in this waiting time, but now you're like, and that, and sometimes there's like a, there's a line that gets drawn that goes, which basically means high school is done. Well, high school is not done. High school is not done until you walk down the aisle and you get your diploma. And what I mean by that is that schools when they say that you're admitted, I want you to think of that as a tentative admission. And here's what I mean by that. One, even now, schools can ask for midterm progress reports, um, what your grades are. Since you applied three, four months ago, they want to know, are you still on track? And then when they complete the process, they could still ask for a transcript from your high school, and I've been out this mm-hmm. while, and I've seen a couple of kids lose their admissions. Uh, they get it re- kind of rejected after the fact because senioritis kicked in and their grades plummeted. It's like and a pre-approval. So, yeah. They want <laughs> documentation to prove that you're still eligible, right? That's a good way of looking at it. And I think that's super important because – The other thing is, you know, during this time, stay busy. I mean, we talked about academically. I'm sure you have athletics. You've got family. You've got friends. Um, And really, February, you still got a ways to go. You got all of the rest of February, March, April, May, sometimes the beginning of June. You could have four and a half months. So you almost have half a year of your high school senior left. You don't want to have done all this work and then just give it all back because you, mm-hmm. your brain slipped into neutral and you're like, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> because you can. And I would also add, because this gets back to what if a school says no, you might want to appeal and some schools allow it. Some don't um, like UC don't, there's no option for appeal. So for 
um, at least to get off wait list. That's just, there is nothing you can do to convince them. But some are being wait, which is what we had to do. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, you, it's a waiting game. And sometimes you hear, sometimes you don't. Um, but in that process, there's, if there's a, an appeal process, and schools might call it something different, but I'm going to call it appeal. The question is, what did you do? What have you done since that application went in in the fall or early winter till now that gives them something different, unique, an update, progression, improved grades, leadership, awards, anything that would not have been represented on your original application that you now have that might influence them to take another peek. So that's the other reason you don't want to kind of take your eyes off the road because there's a possibility that you may have some things that they may want that they can reconsider. And if you're kind of slacking off, that doesn't give the institution a good feeling about one they accepted you under the pretense that you're an academic rock star and you mm-hmm. kind of let it slide. Or if you're thinking about appealing the opportunity for them to show them that I'm still in the game, I'm still working hard, and here's what I've achieved since the last time I sent something to you. So that's kind of a couple reasons to stay away from senioritis. That's incredible. It's such good advice and it's so true. And I watched it firsthand with my daughter and her friends and the boys over the years. And Capri, I know you experienced it. You probably had the desire to say, that's it. I'm throwing in the towel today. Forget this. (laughs) Yeah. Something that threw it was like, I don't want to remember the last couple months of high school, like always dreading showing up each day. So it's like, if I can kind of have a positive attitude about it and be like, oh, I'm going to get all my work done as soon as Mm -hmm. possible. So I have more time to make other memories that aren't necessarily like academic, but like still part of my school, like going to football games or basketball games or volleyball games, like whatever sport Mm -hmm. it is, having something to look forward to and like create a goal with completing your work first. I found that to be really helpful. Yes. Well, another important part that we brought up before we started taping was the show me the money. And Capri, you had a great point. And Ed, I know you have a lot to speak on on this, but this is a great time to maybe set up some opportunities for funding. Why don't you guys both share on that? Yeah. You want to start and then I could share kind of my experience with it? Yeah, I think any, look, the cost of education is like, has doubled in like the last 10 years or so. It's like ridiculous. So, I mean, I had a family just tell me recently that the cost of attendance at a school was over $80,000 a year. So I don't know too many people who've got 80 grand just laying around burning a hole in their pocket. And if they do spend here. on an education, <laughs> oh, you, you got it stacked up right it's there. It's right in here. Yeah. Can I have it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mine's in a very large piggy bank. Um, wow, so man. that's a big number. And so this, you, for most families, they've already gone through the big piece, which is uh, financial aid applications. And the big one is the FAFSA, the free application for federal student aid. Some schools use another one called CSS Profile, which is College Scholarship Search. 
then there's a couple other supplemental documents that might be required, right? So that's also part of the waiting game is you have to fill out an application for admission, an application for financial aid. Then you hear about admission. Then you hear about the money. And so sometimes, and I don't want to say that this is strategic by the school, but let's just say it's strategic by the school that they're going to tell you you're in before they tell you how much money you get mm -hmm. because they're looking to get an emotional rise so that if that's like Capri was talking about Boston College. So Boston College isn't traditionally super generous with their money, <laughs> just so you know. Um, but if she hears Boston College and she's like, that was my number one school and runs around the house screaming and jumping around and mom and dad are like, you know, they promise, hey. right? <laughs> if you do your work in the classroom, we'll pay to send you wherever you want to go. And then they get a $75,000 bill and they start freaking out a little bit, which I don't blame them. They're selling um, their organs to keep you there. Yeah. You, well, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's selling an organ in that family for sure. But that's a situation where it's incumbent upon the student to do their part. So if you've done well academically, there's always the possibility that you can get merit money at your Ivy League school, top schools. They don't do merit because all their students or notorious. Everyone would be getting it. Right. right. So there's that second tier school, how they compete with other schools, they write checks, right? So if you're a good merit candidate, that's part of that process. You got to fill out the application. You might have to write a couple essays. You're going to do the financial aid docs just so you're compliant. So you might get some money there. But there is a process that I get a lot of questions about on private scholarships. And Private scholarships is also a lot of work. So if you're a student who's fatigued, you're starting phase two of that because now you have to do research and you have to look for scholarships and you might have to write about them. And some of them are big and some of them small and the competition is stiff. So you just have to go through it. So let me just tell you how to look. One, the schools themselves that you're applying to may have a separate application for merit. Sometimes it's in the writing elements of the application when you go to submit it. Sometimes it's additional. The financial aid document helps with that too, right? So you get those two pieces. So you get the schools themselves. You want to check in with your guidance counselor. Sometimes the guidance counselor has a list of scholarships that you can get access to. You want to look locally. Uh, I forgot to tell you guys this one when we were doing um, kind of prepping is sometimes locally there's something with the city, the county, um, wherever you live. So you might want to check with the city, see what they offer. Um, there's the obvious stuff, which is you might be looking at scholarships. There's a, a website called FastWeb. Seems to be one of the most popular ones. You can go look there. Mm -hmm. College Board has a list of scholarships. Um, and then there was a young man um, who was on Shark Tank that show we can get funding from all these sharks. Um, and he came up with a scholarship site called Scali um, because he was a senior in high school. He was trying to get scholarships. He did a whole bunch of research, got a whole bunch of money. And so he started to aggregate that list. So it's a, it's a, it's a app that you can get on your phone. I think some of it's free, some of it's paid. Um, but the sharks gave this dude like 50 grand and didn't even ask him about his business plan. It's just, you're doing good stuff. We want to support you on that which is the power of education, right? People who want to give back in that field uh, and trying to do something to help other people is pretty well recognized as a good thing. So those are the places you look 
Um, but it's tedious. And I've got an expression I use called thinning the herd, which is what's unique <laughs> about you that separates you from the large majority of the general right. public looking in the same place you're looking. And I've always said that that that's just an exercise. Sometimes it's a bit futile because there's a lot of work. And I always say, if you're going to go fishing, you go fishing with a shotgun and the fisher in a barrel. And the schools <laughs> are literally with who have the most money. So I would start there and then go through that list that I gave you. So Capri, you awesome. did it, right? So what was your yeah. experience like? Was it easy, hard, tedious, emotional? What was it like um, for you? It's, I won't lie. It's a lot of work. <laughs> you you got to keep it in perspective when you're like, oh, why am I writing this essay? I've been working on it for three hours. This is so stupid. Yeah. Just know, just know that that three hours could get you $3,000. And right. so that's $1,000 an hour. And I that's will do a cheap, lot of things huh? that like a thousand, <laughs> writing an essay, $1,000 an hour. Yeah, I'll do that. At right. the end of the day, I'm going to do that. Yes. <laughs> so that little motivation, oh, it's great stuff. But um, I did what Ed said i looked locally um i was fortunate enough to um be in a couple extracurriculars that were already part of a nonprofit foundation and so i applied to all their scholarships and i was lucky enough to receive two and um i think that part of the scholarship things that kind of get overlooked a little is that like if it's a local um, organization like something in your county your city your area um, you probably will have to do an interview for it and I didn't really expect that going in so it's a lot more than just writing an essay um, so just kind of be prepared for that but look everywhere you can and like what Ed was saying about niche things when I was looking for scholarships they got so niche that it was like I found one and it didn't apply to me, but it was like orphan trying to go to a UC school to study aerospace engineering. And <laughs> I feel like it doesn't get much smaller than that. So just know that like any interest that you have, there probably is a scholarship out there if you're looking for it um, hard enough. And then also it's kind of just like a lot of the things that you learned about yourself while doing college apps also apply to scholarships. So it's like, oh, if I'm good at this, I, I put it on my college apps, like I'm going to want to include it when I um, do scholarships. And then the last thing is just like, make sure that you have a good resume because a lot of the scholarships I applied to, like they would like be like, oh, why do you think you should earn this scholarship and then send your resume? So mm -hmm. that's something that you should have if you don't already. That Excellent. is a fantastic suggestion. Excellent. And if you've played your cards right, you should have a resume from when you put your application for admission in. That's one of the things that we teach. But mm -hmm. yeah, you got to have it. Sooner or later, you got to have it. So you might as well work it out. Excellent. Wow. Incredible information today. This is a must listen for every high school senior and their family to understand how to navigate and get past no man's land. Because as you can see here with Capri, she's thriving and doing amazing and so thankful that she put in that work. And I can firsthand say with Elisa at UCSD now, she's so thankful that she played through and had that kind of patience and, and bravery as she navigated all of that. And Ed, I know you could tell thousands of examples of all of the young adults that you've worked with all of these years who you've seen, okay, this is how we got to that other side and these, this advice and these tools work. By the way, one last thing. Um, I had a client who worked for Ford Motor Company oh, and they, have they a had a scholarship, scholarship 
they had five scholarships that mm-hmm. were twenty to thousand bucks a pop. Wow. And so he went to human resources because I told him, and I'm going to tell you guys too, always check with the company you work for or work with. Mm-hmm. Bigger the better, but not always necessary. And he was like, man, there's so many kids going to be applying for that. So he goes to human resources. He asked, like, how many kids are applied for? I'm just like, none. <gasps> like, how is that possible? He's like, nobody knew. Nobody knew about it. Nobody even asked. And yeah. we don't know what ages or kids they have, don't have. We right. don't keep track of that information. It's not a data that we track. Unbelievable. So he got one. He had twin boys. So he got one for each one of them. And then the following year, he got another one for his next kid that was coming. So he got six grand at a Ford Motor Company just by asking if it was available. Mm -hmm. And back to what um, Capri said, the niches are in the riches are in the niches. So if you want money, you got to find them. So yeah, excellent. So don't discredit large scholarships like that because I've heard really similar stories. It's like everyone thinks, oh, this is a lot of work. And automatically a third or more of people don't do it. Exactly. Like they see that there's three essay questions and a third of people just tune out. One bonus option. So I want you to think about the admissions process for a second, right? So schools like UCLA is probably going to get about 150,000 applications, right? Mm -hmm. They might accept, I don't know what the new numbers are, but let's just say it's 13,000 students. I don't care. 20,000 students. Mm -hmm. Say it's, 10% 10% of that, um, they probably had to admit 30,000 to get that number to net it out. So what that, the reason I'm mentioning that is that a, a, you, you apply to go to school and maybe they give you a little money. Maybe they give you none. Maybe they gave you a lot, but you want more, particularly if another school has given you more money. And we can talk about that at another time on how to position yourself in that situation. But remember, there's a lot of school, a lot of young people who are electing to go to other schools, which means that money that they gave them goes back into the cash register. Mm -hmm. So it never hurts to ask. And I say ask twice. If you want more money, ask. What's the worst they can say? No. If you've got a reason to ask, that's even better. Change in circumstances, loss of job, health, change of marital status, a number of different things that could apply. Or I will say it. Um, maybe you got an offer from another school that's better. Mm-hmm. That really only works if the school is similar. So you can't go to blah, 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 junior college and go, this school gave me 20,000 bucks. Can you mm-hmm. match that? They don't have the capacity or the ability. So that doesn't make any sense. But you can ask. And then if you go, I'm going to come here anyways, you can ask again after that May 1st deadline. Because some of that money might have gotten returned because school kids didn't go there, right? Maybe it's worth mm-hmm. asking again. If you're really desperate, and once you get on campus, I'd be making regular trips to the financial aid office yeah. um, mm-hmm. because it's a hard thing to say no to somebody in person. And when they know you by their first name because you walk in there like every week, <laughs> is there anything new? Is there any work study? Is there any They're other They're also going to tell you that there's new stuff too. And then yeah. there's more opportunities for you. Yeah. I knew a, a student that had a, um, I'll leave you with this last story because it has value. I knew a student that right. had a, a job on campus, part of the work study program. And she worked at the coffee shop. So professors, administrators walked through there. And so she developed relationships with these people more than just hi, bye. They knew her by name. She knew them by name. 
And then an unfortunate situation happened. Her parents got divorced. And so just so happened, the financial aid officer was there. And she's like, can I just ask you a quick question? She's like, sure. What do you need? Her name, because they knew mm-hmm. each other. I was like, here's my situation. What should I do? Come by the office. We'll redo your financial aid paperwork. And we'll see if we can find you some more money. So circumstances change. And like Capri said, knowing people beyond just face is a, an important piece mm-hmm. of this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, it's easy to get really jaded in the process, but technically they're there to help you, whether you think they are or not. It's all another question, but that's their job. So you asking is part of your job. And that's, you know, you don't ask, you don't get. So right. um, the worst they can say is no. And they can say no 10 times. You never know when that might change. Awesome. Wow. Excellent. And that's a wrap. Episode two. I think this was pretty, pretty fantastic. Share it. Like it. Who's closing us out? Oh, pick me. Pick me. Oh, okay. I didn't practice the name. I'll pick. We can pick it. Well. On behalf of Amy, Capri, and myself, this is the Education Careers and Beyond podcast. See what I did right there? I got it on the first try. Um, we we love what we do, um, and we try to distill as much information as we possibly can. So like Amy said, like it, share it, subscribe. I guarantee you, if nothing else, you can tune in. I will butcher this name at least one time in the next 10 episodes. So that's worth t- tuning in for by itself. We're out of here. Thanks, guys.